0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Just Joshin Show. Today we're joined by Natasha Friend, who's talking about her journey in building a million pound property portfolio. I'm your host, Josh Rithabi. As always, the Just Joshin Show is dedicated to bringing you the best people in the sector, all related to business, property and life. So if you're an entrepreneur, property owner, landlord, property investor, this is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and definitely have your notepad ready because there's some fantastic gold nuggets in this one. Happy listening! Hi guys, and welcome back to the Just Josh and Show. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Natasha Friend. Natasha Hayden.
1: Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast and video cast, <laughs> and agreeing to spread some of your wisdom.
1: No, worries, thank you for inviting me.
0: So, for those who don't know you, Anna, what is it you do? Uh, yeah
1: who are you who Who am i um so i'm based in peterborough we specialize in the buy refurbish refinance model um also do a bit of bespoke sourcing um yeah that's it okay do a bit do the flip alongside but our main sort of focus and business is buy refurbish refinance single
0: lips yeah so you said buy what is that
1: um so that's where you buy a property so generally you buy a discount from like a motivated seller you add value to the property and then you look to refinance it to pull out most if not all of your money Uh um, and rent the property out so you still own the asset you benefit from the monthly cash flow of the rent yeah um and obviously any sort of capital appreciation that happens over the time of ownership
0: yeah and you did that full-time? Yes. Okay, so you had no job at all? J-O-B?
1: <laughs> no J O B, no. I so I took a year career break, December 2018. Yeah. Um, gave myself a target to replace my income within that one year and then handed my uh, resignation in literally this time last year, December okay. 2019.
0: So, so, December 19, so did you manage to replace your income? Did, was it sooner than expected? Or yeah, you...
1: no, I managed to do it in um, that 12 month period, yeah. but it wasn't a massive income. I didn't have like a six, uh, six, figure, a little, <laughs> six figure salary yeah. to replace. Um, I was a part time mortgage advisor in a high street yeah. bank. So, yeah.
0: Has been a mortgage advisor helped you in the property investing side of it?
1: I think to an aspect, yes, because yeah. I already understand the finance, I understand sort of the terminology, what ERC means, what, uh, how bridging finance works, etc. Because yeah. we had to sort of study about that to become a mortgage advisor. Um, but saying that I outsource all of my uh, mortgages to a broker, yeah. it's not something I do myself. So I don't think someone that doesn't have the mortgage knowledge, it would stop yeah. them from sort of succeed in property investment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned financing, so I gave you the ability to do that. So you use investors a lot for your financing, don't you? Yeah. Okay, so how the How does getting the investor on board, and how does that typically work?
1: Um, so generally, yeah, our services that we help people who have money set in the bank,
0: yeah,
1: um, earning absolute peanuts at the mm-hmm. minute. So people who want to get returns from property, but on a completely yeah. hands-free basis. Um, so our investors that we work with, generally they'll fund most, if not all, of the purchase price yeah. so they can get the first charge on the property. That just gives them that extra security and makes them feel a lot more comfortable investing. Yeah. And then we, as a company, fund the refurbishment of the works and any costs involved. Okay. Um, so if we do end up leaving any money in when we come to refinance, it's our own money. Yeah. Um, Which is why, alongside, we do a couple of flips to compensate for any money left in.
0: Yeah. So is that kind of what you do? So you do flips for the kind of lumpy cash flow, and it's the BRR to build up that asset base and get the income coming in from the properties?
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm not a massive fan of selling properties I like to buy to hold. (laughs) That's the uh, overall aim. But um, yeah, the the flips can really help, especially with sort of chunky money and and cash to enable us to keep funding the refurbs as well.
0: Yeah. So in terms of investors, why don't you use bridging finance? Why go through the headache of finding investors, meeting them at the gym or however you find investors? (laughs) Why not just use bridging finance?
1: Um, I have used bridging finance, but I don't know. I like the relationship building aspect of working with investors. Also, with bridging finance, you still generally, unless you're buying the property, it's significantly below market value you still generally need a deposit. Yeah. Um whereas obviously the investor can fully fund the purchase of the property. Um, the charges of bridge and finance are a lot higher. I you know the interest rates are generally about the same. Um, but you've got more charges, more complexities of the conveyancing and yeah. the legal side of things. And I do actually really, really like some of our investors. Yeah. Like we get some on, of them. Are yeah. all of them. <laughs> Most of them we get on really well and i think complement each other in in business more than anything um we're obviously extremely grateful for them investing with us and they're extremely grateful for us doing our job and doing what we say we're going to do and yeah giving them a nice healthy return on their money
0: that sounds like quite a good partnership really everyone's doing everybody a great service
1: yeah definitely
0: okay so for people who are trying to find investors what tips would would you have
1: um just literally tell anyone and everyone what you do. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. And I remember when I was starting out feeling sort of like I was a, not a fake property investor, no. but not feeling Just credible enough. Just telling a property yeah, investor. Yeah, I was quite anxious about doing that, but yeah. I've noticed like the more um, I share with people what I do, the more yeah. interest you sort of raise. Sharing on social media is massive. Um, we've had quite a few investors through social media. Yeah. Some that I've still never even met face to so face.
0: Is it all through Facebook, Instagram? Which ones in particular?
1: Facebook is what I use. Um yeah. posting posting in like property communities. Yeah. Um, I still don't do a massive amount compared to other investors, I think, but yeah. what I do post is just sharing our projects, what we've done. Um business networking I found quite useful. So
0: business, not property? Yeah. Okay.
1: Because generally when you go to a property networking event, you are there looking for the same thing as everybody yeah. else. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> looking for
0: investors. Everyone's looking for <laughs> investors
1: or for deals. Whereas if you go to a business networking event, especially the ones that I went to, you could only have one property yeah. business in the, in the room. Um, so you are the property specialist. So if anyone is looking for any sort of
0: service around property, it's only you that they've sort of got to choose from. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, so basically going into the right areas, looking where other property investors aren't, and basically doing, literally flipping it on its head, where, are, where, where there are no property investors, then go in there because you're going to stand out more. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So in terms of finding properties, how do you go about doing that?
1: Um, so we do some direct vendor marketing. Yeah. Most of our deals, though have come from agents and building relationships with agents, um, securing viewings before they go on market. Yeah. Um, yeah, building relationships with sort of probate solicitors and um, agents that work closely with them. We do direct mail, which we've had quite a bit of success from. We've yeah. done some Facebook ads. We've done some leafleting. Um, but due to the sh- sort of sheer volume of sales that actually go through an estate agent, it's over like 90% of sales yeah. are sold through estate agents. Our main focus is the relationships that we're building with them um, alongside a bit of sort of direct mail and leafleting. Yeah. And the old Facebook ad campaign when things dry out a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, said that mostly deals come from agents, but your best ones come direct to vendor. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that to be true?
1: Yeah, generally you can sort of negotiate better deals when you're direct to vendor because you can yeah. understand exactly what their sort of motivation is, what their situation is, why they are needing to sell quickly. Yeah. And that's something that we sort of promote ourselves as a company is being able to help people no matter what their situation is yeah. um, that need to sell their property quickly. Whereas when you go through an agent, generally they don't give you the whole story and they might not even know the whole story from the vendor. Um, because it can be quite embarrassing and people don't want to share personal stuff whether they're facing repossession or going through a divorce etc so when you can get direct to vendor and you can build good relationships with them and rapport and enable them to sort of open up and share what their true situation is um you can create some really good sort of win-win situations for them and for you and get some good deals definitely
0: okay perfect so in terms of building relationships with agents how do, you, how do you get started is it just a case of bringing them chocolates every day is, is, there, is there a better way of doing it because I often see on Facebook like, you're supposed to go into your estate and just bring them donuts all the time yeah
1: no I didn't really do that no, no I think um, I was quite lucky because I invested in the area that I've lived in all yeah. my life so I've got some connections with people that I went to school with and things like that but also just being really consistent I think having like a clear criteria of what you're looking for really helps yeah. because then you're helping them understand exactly what it is you're looking for anytime they have a property come on their books which fits your criteria they can contact you and you will then make sure you're going and viewing it rather than them just phoning you about every single new property that they're taking on yeah. and that was something that i did get at the beginning when i went in and sort of introduced myself to agents and explained. Like we were looking for investment properties you'd get a phone call about a brand new house that's just selling for wefa but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that they're, they're looking to sell which is way over what you can sort of make work with the yeah. buy refurbishing finance model and um, so I created like a deal criteria that I then went and delivered to the agents with my business cards yeah um try and sort of get a coffee or a tea out of them and make sure you can stay there and have a good chat
0: so you didn't take them gifts you went there to get free free tea and coffee (laughs) yeah
1: I mean if we ever sort of completed on a deal um I'd always take champagne and chocolates and like Christmas I've just dropped biscuits off to agents and things but um yeah I've I don't know, I just didn't really feel comfortable turning up with a of donuts like, Hi, I'm a teacher. I'm here to feed you. <laughs> I don't know if they're poisonous, no, I'm joking. Um <laughs> yeah, I think just being open and honest,
0: yeah,
1: sharing what your sort of business model is, what you're looking for, um, following through with what you say you're gonna do is really important. Yeah. And um yeah, I always make sure I justify every offer and explain why I'm offering.
0: Is that, so a, case, much below. Yes, is that a case of listing out? So, yeah, we're offering kind of 130000 because XYZ. Yeah. And breaking down how it's going to cost you XYZ to put that right, essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't go into massive amounts of detail, but I could say, yeah, the, the, the roof is going to cost us 10 grand alone. Yeah. Where it's going to be sort of £30,000 worth of work. And I know that the end value we can sort of achieve looking at comparables is this, which is why I'm offering yeah. X, Y, Z. Yeah, a
0: lot of people just kind of go straight in with a low offer and yeah. they get rejected. So it's all about, I suppose, helping the agent understand why you're doing that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And a lot of agents won't actually know how much a new roof costs or how much yeah. it costs to lower a curb or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so I think sort of explaining it to them just helps them to educate and understand why you are making these offers. You're not yeah. just... Pissing them off by putting in <laughs> these fifty grand below yeah, everything. Every,
0: yeah, everything kind of fifty grand below asking yeah. price. That's not the way to do it, no.
1: No, no, you will pee them off, and they'll stop taking you on viewings.
0: <laughs> so don't do that. Um, so you're from Peterborough. Uh, yes. Is, it, is this where you're as well? Yes. Uh, it's around the Peterborough area. Yeah. So talk us through your first property, that in Peterborough as well.
1: Yeah. So our first property. So I sold my car yes. and refinanced my house to get a pot of, I think it was about forty thousand pounds to enable us to buy our first property. Yep. I hadn't had any sort of formal education when we bought it. I'd just sort of listened to all the podcasts, read all the books, etc. So bought a property in our personal name. Um, I remember like the sort of frustration of viewing all these properties and putting offers in and not being able yep. to secure a deal. So we decided to sort of lower our expectations because it was our own money. We weren't working with investors then yeah. um, where we were looking to achieve 50% of our money back out. So we were happy to leave 50% of okay. the deposit and the refurb, etc. in the property when it comes to the refinance stage. Um, so, yeah, we managed to secure a deal. It was £135,000 for a four-bed terrace in Orton Goldhay, which yeah. is one of our key areas. Um. We done all the work ourselves, literally all the work. <laughs> we were still working, me and my husband. So in evenings, weekends, we would go and strip the wallpaper, paint yeah. the walls. um, Do it. Really we not could. a glamorous job, is it? No, <laughs> it wasn't fun <laughs> at all. Um, but it meant that we got the refurb done. So the bathroom was fine. We just needed a new kitchen. Yeah. A bit of plastering, painting, and flooring. Um, for about £7,000 and yeah. this was before I knew about sort of LMPG and setting up trade accounts and which paint to use etc so obviously doing it now would probably only cost us £5,000 yeah. but um, <laughs> back then it cost us £7,000 and then we refinanced six months later Um. so I made a f- couple of mistakes, I bought it with a mortgage which technically <laughs> yeah. you're not meant to Um. And also bought in my personal name, which yeah. looking back now I wouldn't have done because we've already got other properties in our personal name, and it's just easier to have everything in a limited company.
0: Yeah, so you still got that property now? Still got that
1: property now. It's now probably yeah.
0: worth about one eighty. One eighty. Okay.
1: Um, so how long
0: ago did you purchase this?
1: So that was. May 2018. Oh, yeah, so uh, that's about 18 months ago. Yeah, okay. it took about four or five months to complete the refurb, which yeah. now would take us like four or five days, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, rents out for £890 a month. That's really, that's that really high. good. Yeah. yeah, really good cash flow. Um, Yeah, I'd buy more of those again now. Yeah. Um, obviously, trying to get it for a bit cheaper. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're quite happy with the deal, to be fair. Nothing majorly went wrong. Um, it was just the issues with buying in personal name and buying and yeah. a mortgage. And I think it was when I came to speaking to a mortgage broker and he showed me the difference in interest rates between sort of your personal name and yeah. a limited company. That's what swayed me to to do it in my
0: personal name. But yeah. I would have gone limited company now. Right. If I know what I know now. So since then, you've purchased many properties. How many is it you've purchased oh. since then? Um... So we've got
1: thirteen in total. Yeah. Uh, so we've purchased. What do we have? We had our first residential property, which we kept to let out. So yeah, purchased. Eleven. Eleven.
0: Eleven. Uh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's almost one, of, one every month or so.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a bit less. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. So what's what's the secret to gr- buying so many properties so fast?
1: Um.
0: I think working with investors obviously
1: enabled yeah. us to scale a lot quicker. So, I've raised just over £700,000
0: from investors. Um, yeah. So, basically having the investors having there. Having the investors there, I suppose that's the main thing. You can't buy a property without money. The funds, yeah. yeah. Having so, the investors
1: there, building the relationships with the agents, because some people have the funds, but they just can't find the deals. Yeah. So, yeah, that was quite important and it obviously slows you down if you can't find deals that stack um, and just yeah getting a really good power team on board yeah with our trades and our professional um, power team
0: members did a lot of those come through recommendations how do you, how, what, how did you kind of find the best trades? trial and error
1: or yeah a few we sort of tried and errored um but we're quite lucky because my husband's a tradesman a lot of his friends are tradesmen yeah so the only ones we really didn't have were electricians and laborers okay um so yeah tried and tested a few different electricians now we found one which we use with all projects yeah um he travels to our other gold mine area which is with speech to do the work for us i think they appreciate the amount of work we give them as well yeah and obviously i refer to other investors and people in the area, um, yeah, they're probably yeah. the main thing, your power team, your investors and,
0: yeah, so you've got those, yeah, and now agents. you can basically just copy and paste it and basically have those right people do the properties, yeah, so, suppose finding properties, staying on top of investors is time consuming,
1: yeah,
0: talk us for a typical day, is it back to back on the phones to your agents chasing them up, asking where your deals are? Um,
1: no, I don't think so. I I probably view anywhere between five and ten properties a week. Okay. Um a lot of my time is taken up sort of managing the refurbs at the yeah. minute. We're, we're project managers ourselves. Um, so we haven't outsourced that. We have the individual trades that we work with. Yeah. Um also obviously I've got sourcing clients, sourcing investors that I um, spend time communicating with them, yeah, giving them updates and things. <laughs> um, yeah, typical day. It's so varied, yeah, and I do find property...
0: You could go pick up some keys to a house and find out there's a puddle in the kitchen. Well, yeah, like we <laughs> done today.
1: <laughs> property um, investing is quite a reactive business, yeah. not a proactive, and I've really struggled with... Sort of time management and time blocking because if an agent phones me with an off market deal, I want to go and see it within the yeah. next sort of hour or two. So I generally don't sort of structure my days in a time blocking yeah. manner.
0: You've got to be open to whatever
1: comes yeah. your
0: way essentially.
1: Yeah. The main thing, the way I plan my days, is just having three main tasks that I want to get yeah. done that day. Um, and then anything extra is a bonus. Yeah.
0: So I suppose for people that have got part-time property or are look, employed but want to get into property, what tips do you have for them to, for kind of finding these deals when you've got to be a bit reactive in terms of being able to see deals? What tips do you have for them?
1: Um,
0: or is it just a case of if you do want to succeed in property and get the good deals, you've got to be full-time?
1: I wouldn't tell anyone
0: to just jump straight into yeah.
1: full-time. I do think you need to be careful. Make sure, obviously, if you've got a family and you've got bills and things to pay, you don't want to... Just take the leap yeah. and, and quit your job. Um, But I think you can outsource a lot. You can, like, if you've got older parents that retired, you can ask yeah. them to do viewings. You can do virtual viewings, especially now. A lot of agents are doing virtual viewings. Yeah. Um, and if you build that relationship with the agents and sort of explain, look, I will come and do a viewing any day, but it's got to be in my lunch break or yeah. after work um, or on weekends, then I think... They're quite accommodating, yeah. especially if if you've got that good relationship and they know you're gonna want to buy the property once you've seen it. Yeah. Um, so just
0: just get that team set up you Find people who can do it for you. And just make it work.
1: Yeah. Okay. Definitely. You've only got so many hours in the day. If you're you are working full time, then obviously yeah. it's going to be more difficult. Um, but yeah. Just try and schedule the viewings when you can. I think whilst you're sort of starting out, it's going to be rare that you're going to get as many phone calls for off-market view right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you sort of need to prove to the agents that you are who you say you are and you are going to buy the properties and do what you say you're going to do. Um, but yeah, once once you've built the relationship and built the momentum, yeah, it all sort of starts to snowball and yeah, you can outsource source as much as you possibly can, especially if you are working full time. Yeah, I'd get a VA sc- scraping the data from Rightmove and Zoopla, doing your direct mail letters. Um, Obviously, get your leaflets outsourced. Yeah. Facebook ads, if you want to do that. You can have a telephone service, so they can take messages from people that respond to your direct mails and your leaflets. And there's lots and lots of things that you can use Yeah, to, lots
0: of it by the sounds of it. Yeah. You can basically do to streamline your business and save your time yeah. leverage it, really. Definitely. Okay, so for people that do want to learn more about BRR and property investment, is there anything you can do to help them?
1: Yeah, so during lockdown, actually, I set up a online BRR academy. Yeah. Um, so it's a 12-module course, all online, all pre-recorded, but you can ask questions and it can be quite interactive. Yeah. Um, covers off everything from sort of identifying your gold mine area how to find uh, deals and direct vendor leads how to work with investors the different investment structures you can do um, finance there's a brilliant section on tax by a tax specialist Um, systems apps it literally just covers off all the Fundamentals of literally everything, everything you
0: know up here, from having built your property business over the past almost two years, yeah, in one course for people to digest and understand.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and everything I've learned from my own education, I've spent almost twenty thousand yeah. pounds on property education myself now. So does
0: this cost twenty thousand pounds? <laughs> no, not even
1: a tenth. I <laughs> don't think. No, even less than that. Yeah. <laughs> um So yeah, it's really, it is really good money value for money and it's something that they can learn from home yeah. at a pace that suits them. Uh, some people that have done it have done it in sort of days, others do it over weeks or months. Um, yeah, I just wanted to create something that was really accessible and meant that they didn't have to spend thousands yeah. of pounds on their education like I do. Did. I didn't have to, but I chose to. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad that I did, but all that information and knowledge I've learned is
0: it's, it's all there, all the best bits, essentially, all the key elements Yeah. Um, in one easy to learn course. I'll put the, co- the link to that in the show notes. So if you are interested, definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, to wrap things up, if you, had, if you had a billboard with one quote on it that everyone in the world would see, what would you buy? Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, the
0: most difficult question last.
1: That is. You could have pre-warned me. <laughs> one quote. Just a
0: mantra that you live by, one quote that you like a lot. Anything along those lines.
1: It's quite cheesy, but I do really like Robin Moore's one, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Because everyone says to me, like my friends that aren't involved in property, like, do you not get really scared? Like, you've now got over a million pounds worth of mortgage debt. Like, does that not freak you out? No, because I've got more than that in assets. (laughs) (laughs) Or, um, yeah, what if house prices crash? What if this happens? What if that happens? But if I had had that mentality, I never would have started... Yeah, you'll be at work
0: right
1: now. Yeah, exactly. Selling
0: mortgages.
1: And at the beginning, I did sort of get a little palpitation and a heart attack every time I'd get a new mortgage. Yeah. But now it's just like, yeah, nothing. To sign, <laughs> yeah, sign away. just signing off <laughs> a bit of paper. Um, yeah. So obviously, the, it's a calculated risk. Yeah. and Everything's analysed and re But But um,
0: yeah, I think you've you've got to take risks in business 100%. Yeah. So if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Yeah. One of Rob Moore's favourites. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're very
1: welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: That's all for today. Bye, guys. Bye. I hope you found this week's episode super useful. As always, thank you very much for listening. Please do leave a review or a comment if you've enjoyed this, any questions at all, and we'll get those answered for you. As always, we've got another episode coming out next Friday at 9 a.m., so make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get notified as soon as another episode gets uploaded. As always, thanks for watching with The Josh Joshin Show, and I'll see you next week.